0: Welcome to The Professor's Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion
1: for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon. What is up, guys and girls? We are back. The Professor's Podcast is back, and we've got a lot of action this time around. I want to remind everybody that PPE 3.0 is going to be starting up very soon. We've already had the very successful 1.0 and 2.0. And without further ado, we're going to jump into what we're going to talk about in PPE 3.0. And we have our very first guest. Now, remember, stay tuned till the end of this actual podcast to get more details about PPE 3.0 and how you can actually sign up for that. And as always, there are a ton of testimonials on the page of people that ranting and raving about the event. But this time is going to be even better. And I'll tell you why. I just happened to meet the most amazing guest, potentially the coolest guest we've ever had on our podcast. He's on here live today. And this guy's got a couple tricks up his sleeve. I'm really fired up to show you guys what those tricks are. As before this, he kind of was talking a little bit. The guy is so cool. He's got a symbol. Like I don't don't even have a symbol. Howie, do you have a symbol?
0: I do actually. (laughs) You see that? Howie's just
1: too cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course you got that, Howie. That's like, an, this guy's got a symbol. We're going to introduce him in, in a little bit here. He, he goes by the name of Ehud. And right now, he's usually out of New York, but he's in Dubai right now. So it is very chilly in Dubai, and you guys are going to see just how cool he is. And uh, Howie, how pumped are you to have Ehud as a part of the PP 3.0?
0: Um, I'm very pumped up. I actually uh, met Ehud uh, on my first, first ever mastermind. It was called the Hackathon uh, back in the, the day. Hack- Oh, and, yes. Uh, remember John that, he was, he was the guy that was late. And you had, you remember the guy that was late? All of a sudden, he appeared out of nowhere? That was uh, uh, another um, a partner of uh, Liz over there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I don't know that people have heard the story, but I'm actually. Not as cool as Ehud, but I was cool enough to outsource the entire sending somebody to Howard's event without a visa to get into China. That's how cool I was. I thought I was cool until I met Ehud, which incidentally, guys and gals, I know nothing about Ehud other than I feel his energy. I feel his coolness. And that's why I'm fired up to show you guys what he's got to say. Howie, are you ready to introduce Ehud here?
0: Let's do it. Let's go.
1: Let's do it. So Ehud, you know, usually we tell people, and I feel like this is going to be a different type of interview, which I'm cool with. But earlier, before we got started, you were talking about this uh, trick that you do with uh, playing cards. You want to jump into that first before we talk about who you are and what you've done and why sure, you're so. super <laughs> qualified to talk about Amazon, obviously. So let's go ahead and get oh, started with your trick, EHUD.
2: Sounds amazing. So first thing, uh, it's it's amazing to be here, and uh, as Howard said, we actually met in his first uh, uh, mastermind, which is quite a a privilege. You know, it's a, it's a big privilege for me to. Um, to be a, to 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 be a, you know one of these early early uh, friends of Howard from that specific uh, niche and uh, everything, um, but what uh, what I really liked uh, about this uh, speci- specific uh, uh, mastermind is the way that um, it was a really master mind and the mind is a magnificent thing you know our mind is capable of so much things, and I have the authority to say that because I have been um, working in the mind industry for the past uh, 30 years. And uh, I'm, um, I was actually um, performing and, and speaking on stages all over the world, uh, from China to India to Canada to the States to Europe, every, like, over almost 100 uh, different countries, just talking about the mind. Can you imagine what a mastermind that takes? <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, and I think that um, if you learn how to use your mind, you're really able, of, you're capable of doing anything you can, uh, yeah, you can put your mind to, right? Um, yeah, I just wanted to play a little bit before we started, but then you said, "Okay, okay, let's start recording it." But I just literally asked you guys to um, to think of like a random playing card. I wanted to test to see how your mind thinks and uh, works. And Howard, it was an immediate uh, guess. I, I looked into his eyes. I immediately said, "I would, you know, stop thinking of the ace of spades because that's not how it works." And I, I would just show us your uh, facial reaction when when I said that. That was like really. Pretty... I said this.
0: Uh, that's exactly the card I was thinking about. I'm such a. I'm so. I'm such a.
1: <laughs> He's so readable. He's very easy readable. To Everyone
0: could read. read me, you know, because I'm very uh, open and honest and transparent.
1: Ehud, yeah. uh, please remind me the next time we all get together that we definitely make sure Howie has plenty of money in his pocket. And we play poker with him. <laughs> <'Cause that's laughs> Absolutely. The easiest money we ever make.
2: but um but let me try with you now here's the thing Uh, i I have some playing cards here and it might not work because actually this is not a full deck i actually i sometimes i eat some of the cards and throw them away but uh (laughs) but but we might want to try even though it's not a full deck i want to try something with you so um liz i want you to uh, think of a random completely random card okay just like literally a random card okay i want to really test it so this is really the closest thing to like uh reading someone's mind or understanding how they think um and it might not work because you know um It's very hard to do it over the television, but uh, hold your two hands like this for me for a second. And just imagine that one hand has the word yes on it, the other one has the word no no on it. So we can literally see that. Um, And you're going to answer my question just by looking at one of these hands, whether it's a yes or no. Now, here's the thing, Liz. I have no idea what you have. Either hand can be yes or no. You chose it. So it's not like I can look at where you're looking and know what you're thinking. No. It's just for me to read you. And and we'll try, we'll try. So think about this card and I want you to answer the following question just by looking at the answer, okay? Uh, is this a red card? Just look at the hand that has the answer on it, whether it's a yes or, okay, great. Um, look at me and think if it's a picture card, you know, like Jack, William King, all those, is that a picture card? Okay, good. So look back at me. I don't know, It's you're, you're kind of hard to read, but uh, I, I have a feeling, um, okay, is that an, uh, an even number that you're thinking of? Okay, that's really interesting. You, you you had a little bit of a uh, a stop. You you were pausing for just a half a second. You were, you had to think about it. So let me ask you a different question. Um, is that a high number, like a, a high number? Okay, so you're looking at that picture over there. So I I have to ask you a question now because it's very hard to read you. It's very it really is. I'm i telling you, you you have these like mini pauses. It's. I told you not to think of um, of like uh. Uh, the Queen of Hearts, everybody thinks of the Queen of Hearts, you know many times I tell people. But is, is it a, I think you were thinking of of a similar card to the Queen of Hearts, right?
1: It depends on what you mean by similar. It's it's similar in the, it's, yeah, it's a high card like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I can, I can, that's that's what I was thinking of. So it's like, because uh, I, I could really see it. It's very hard to uh, to tell, but, uh, and I'll tell you why I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking, um, I don't have all the cards here, but, uh, but I do think I do think if i if I'm getting it right, I wish I had more cards. I wish I had more cards in my hand. Um, I, I, it's a king. It's a king. And um, if I'm getting it right, you were thinking of uh, the, the King of Hearts, was that the card you were thinking of? It's
1: close, had very close.
2: The King of Diamonds. It yes. was.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I could feel that it's like I am, um, I, I was holding both of them, like either the King of Hearts or the King of Yeah, you, you are a tough one, though. You know, usually I get it much faster, but it's like, okay, so yeah, but that's, that's
1: great. great. That was actually really great. I actually used to be a professional poker player. So,
2: really? Yeah. So, extremely uh, so well. I actually can see that. Yeah. Believe it or not, just I told you that it's very hard to beat you. And that usually relates to people who are good at playing poker because they their tails are very light you're not showing you know someone who never played poker or or is not like a professional poker player immediately gives me all these like uh hints and tells just by looking at the card i can look at his eyes and tell him what card he's thinking of yeah
1: that was very impressive i mean you guessed it was the second one that you guessed and
2: i mean i mean it was it was just a matter of either hearts or diamonds i think getting that the fact that it's like a red king it's pretty. It's really, you know, pretty good. So
1: That's very cool. I'm going to have to practice that and amaze my friends with that because that was pretty amazing. Howie, what did you think of that? He guessed you on the very first card, Howie. What does that tell you about this guy's mind?
0: Well, I'm, the, I'm one of those non-professional poker players. That means that I'm, I should, <laughs> yeah. everyone should play poker with me. <laughs>
1: I mean, oh, yes. we gotta take our money. We gotta play poker with Howie, without a doubt. Guys and girls, if you ever attended live in person mastermind, please, please, please bring your money. Get Howie, some Don Julio, and you're well on your way to pretty much almost paying for your entire event by getting Howie at the poker table. And I'm tired of it. I,
2: you know what? This is all coming together. Now, this is not like some some kind of a uh, of a interview when people are actually asking me or introducing me the right way. This is a very you know, friendly thing, because me and Howard are friends for, um for I think it's like a couple of years by now. Is that true, Howard? Is that a, a couple uh, of years? Two, two, two,
0: wait, one, two, three years now almost. I think it was like uh, wow, uh, wow. uh April of 2014, my first mastermind
2: in Sunzhen, China. I think that's it. Uh, wow, wow, wow. So, so here's the thing. So usually when people are like, you know, introducing me, they tell who I am and they give a little bit brief about my history, but we came up to talk about this power of the mind and I didn't, and I said, I am the authority to talk about it, but I didn't even think that, wait, one of the ways that I became such a big authority in this realm is because of Amazon. And this is taking me to a little bit of a showing off. So this is a 10-second show off, guys. Just so you'll know who I am, I am the author of these two uh, books, which became a number one best-selling books on Amazon using a lot of great methods that we did. So this is this was my first book. It's called uh, Nine Steps to Influence. That's uh, me when I was uh, older. I'm just kidding. That's like a, a picture of me. Uh, but uh, but this was my first book that I'm literally uh, I talk, uh, I teach how uh, to influence people's minds. And this book is called Secrets of the Voice. And, and my books were translated to a few languages, German, uh, Russian, uh, 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 different languages like this. And, um, and it's quite amazing to see, this was my first journey into Amazon um, 10 years ago. So when I started selling on Amazon, I literally started by selling books. <coughs> you, always, uh, you always think about it, how Amazon started with books and nobody even thought about selling physical products over there. But when Amazon were already big and stuff, I was just starting my way by by selling my books and making a few thousand dollars every month. And I was like blown away. I'm like, wow, this Amazon thing actually works. And one of the things I really love is that this, this product right here is a print on demand. You know, when they just announced that, I was blown away by the fact that I can literally write my content and create a book out of it. And I don't even have to go to like a publisher or a printer and print a thousand books. I can literally have one printed and shipped to a customer. That was that was mind-boggling. So, uh, so this was just one. This, this is how I uh, first started working with Amazon. Of course, eventually I ended up, you know, working with hundreds of hundreds of brands and generating, as, as I would know, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars with all the, with all these brands combined. So um so it's a privilege to be here thank you so much for making this all happen i didn't even think about it i just pulled those uh two bo- books from the from the box i have here and now that you know who i am and you know why i'm working with the power of the mind and how to merge it all into marketing we can actually officially start this podcast so hi guys how are you doing <laughs>
1: fantastic <laughs> okay. that, was, that was amazing EHUD. i know how he's got a couple questions for you but i just want to say that was pretty amazing. I, I'm, I'm obviously, like I told you, I could feel your energy from across the screen. I was like, this is going to be a very fun interview. So I'm excited to see what other tricks you have up your sleeve. Uh, literally. Right. And uh, how we take it away.
0: So, um, Ehud, is like really well known in, uh, I guess the first set of first couple of people who did Amazon in Israel. Correct. Yeah. Ehud, if I'm not correct.
2: It's correct. And, uh, it's, I owned a, a, a chain of restaurants in Israel, and, and we were actually sitting in the seaport in my restaurant in Tel Aviv, in Tel Aviv seaport, and we were seven people. Seven people selling on Amazon in Israel, and now there's seven thousand people selling uh, on Amazon in Israel.
0: So he knows all the people that some of the people that have been on our show before, um, uh, Netza and um, uh, Quantified Ninja. Uh, <sighs> Shoot, I'm so- Inon. Sure. Inon, yeah. Metzach, Inon, yeah. Tomer are all
2: very good friends of mine.
0: We're, yeah. we're just yeah, like- They're, a... they're like, yeah. he's a celebrity actually in, uh, in uh, Israel.
1: I believe it. I feel like celebrity. he has the guy to go to uh, Dubai, Israel, you name it, he's a guy to hang out with. He'll take you to all the coolest spots.
0: <laughs> okay, my first question here, Ehud. um So, uh, what do you consider yourself uh, the foremost expert in? Uh, at when we're called, when we're talking about Amazon alone, like, uh, what is, what are the, what are the deep uh, domain expertise that you have?
2: So, you know, as someone who literally started selling on Amazon so many years ago, uh, it comes without saying that I did have a chance to learn and touch all the aspects of the business. Uh, I own a few brands myself. I have my own warehouse. My own. Uh, team working on, uh, on, on dealing with all these uh, things in uh, our entire production uh, system uh, but um, but as time progresses uh, progressed I actually took my knowledge of, uh, of productions of being on TV being on television uh, I did a lot of TV appearances uh, throughout the world I did a lot of uh, uh, shows videos movies and all that stuff and um, And then I just started, uh, once Amazon allowed people to actually uh, put videos on their product listing, which happened probably six years ago, uh, if I'm not mistaken. uh, And they realized that the world is moving to video. I said, okay, that's a great chance for me to take all my experience, to take all my knowledge and bring it into the the marketing uh, field. And that's when I actually started creating videos for product listings on Amazon. And I was blown away by the fact that, hey, this is unlike any other marketing video out there. This is not like a, a commercial that you put on television. This is not like a, a video that you see on in the in the theaters before you see a movie and you see some kind of a, it's, it's so different by essence because here you are actually showing a video which is a thumbnail sized video and you're showing it inside a product listing where where people can literally click on that video and a second later buy this product, add it to their cart, and check out. So I I was blown away by the fact that it's so different than any other source of video that you can produce out there. And I've learned so much, so much from that. And I became uh, uh, that's when I became like really big in Israel back then because we had our studios in Israel uh, and all these like sellers started coming to me and saying, hey, can you produce a video for our product listing because um, you have to understand guys that producing a video for your product listing is truly different than, do it, than than doing a video for your Facebook, for your YouTube or for anything else. This is something that has its own unique perks you know your unique uh, uh, approach um, and I started doing it and it was amazing we, we came with this great concept and it was doing so well and we started putting those videos that Amazon literally made us one of the five only companies. I'm talking about six years ago. One of the five companies in the world that were, were able to literally go inside and put those videos in the product listings. So that was a wonderful thing. But it brings me back to two years ago. Two years ago, um, I'm getting a, uh, an email from a from a guy that used to work with the Amazon Video department, and now he moved to a new department in Amazon called Amazon Live. And he calls me up and he says, Hey, Ehud, hey, so you've been doing all these amazing videos, and how, uh, what's the likelihood of you actually starting to do uh, live videos? And I'm like, um, well, that's very challenging because we have all the everything we need to create, you know, amazing videos. We have the studios, we have the actors, we have the talents. But to do a live broadcast, you have to really create a studio that has the, the, the abilities to, you know, have multi cameras, uh, online switching, live switching of cameras and, and special layers and all that stuff and adding all these videos in. I said, I'm in for the challenge, but I want to come talk to you, see exactly what we're doing because I have some kind of a request to do that. So here I find myself flying to America uh, from Israel and meeting with uh, with the Amazon uh, live uh, team and talking to them and telling them, okay, guys, so here's what we want. So you started launching this platform. Nobody knows about it. It's brand new. You're just offering it to like big brands because those are the only ones who can actually uh, afford doing like live streams. I want to have the ability to have my own channel i want to have the ability to have uh, the option of streaming on behalf of third-party sellers so i want to be able to be to stream on behalf of other people that are streaming on the network uh, that are selling on amazon and i want to be able to stream on behalf of people who don't have brand registry and if you say yes i'm going to go back to israel invest a hundred thousand dollars in all the equipment i need in order to make this happen and they said yes and there you go, uh, Howard. I became the first, the first channel to stream on the Amazon Live platform. And you know, since then, history in the making. We are currently the biggest channel on Amazon. Nobody streams more than us. Even not the Amazon Live uh, channel themselves. They have their own Amazon Live channel. We just stream from day to night, and we have over 30 talents. And we open our studios in America uh, just because we needed to have the uh, the ability to do that in the right hours. In Israel, it was a diff- different hour uh, thing. So. So I think that today, because I was the first one um, and because I have so much data that I accumulated through these, uh, um, like, 20 months, I think it's 20 months since, uh, since Amazon actually launched, uh, Amazon Live uh, officially launched. So I would say that today, even though I know a lot about Amazon in and out understanding the Amazon Live platform is, and, and Amazon videos uh, uh, in general is probably my, uh, my biggest forte. Okay.
0: Okay. Um- Actually, um, Ehud has a lot of other talents that uh, he hasn't really said it too much about, but I'll I'll, kind of talk about it a little later. But um, Ehud, I have another question here. Um, So how do you think outside the box compared to your other experts out there in your field? Uh, Can you let us know, let the world know more about you?
2: Okay, so uh, thanks for uh, for giving me the stage to mention that. I started. I became very big on Amazon uh, in Israel. One of the few people in Israel, based on one thing, is that like Howard said, I was thinking outside of the box. I think that my first realization was when I took the first ASM uh, course. I was actually ASM. Many people know or heard that um, it's like a. It's getting this. It's disappearing and fading slowly because it was such a big thing back then. ASM, amazing selling machine. They were they were really great. They were like um, one of the first ones to actually create. Uh, 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 a lesson-based modules, you know, course out there. Uh, so I was their third generation of ASMS and 3 And what I learned from them, I learned a lot, by the way. I give them a lot of the credits because I never believed that I will ever be selling physical products. I was selling books. And I said, hey, I'm making so much money from selling books. Why not, you know, take this course, spend $5,000, see what's getting out of it. I was blown away, but then I came to Vegas, and they had this big convention of everybody who signed up, and I, I go into the room, and I see 3,000 sellers in that room, and, and I, I remember posting a little uh, video for that and sending it to my uh, seven friends in Israel that we were doing Amazon, and I said, hey, guys, meet your future competition, um, and then I, I realized it. I said, whatever they teach, I have to do something different. And, you know, a lot of people, and this is basically what you're doing, Howard, you know, being in your mastermind, I I figured that, that, you know, when everybody's going on the mainstream, everybody has some kind of a status quo, this is what you have to do. So we guys, the, the mastermind people, the people who have to, to, to make it really big in Amazon must do it differently. They must do things that other people will not do, but... They also have to keep, you know, certain rules and guidelines in order to succeed. You can't just take a random product that is not selling and has a million BSR. You know, nobody's looking at it and you can make it into magic, even though those things did happen in the past with the right ways and methods. But really learning what they teach the masses and where they say stop. That's where we start, okay? So so here's the concept again, where everybody is saying that's what you do and this is how you should do it. But where they say stop here, this is where you actually go in. So let me give you an example so people will understand what I mean. So they were showing that model and they explained, okay guys, so we need to find the winning products. The winning product must have this specific BSR, let's say, I don't know, between 10,000 to 50,000. And it has to be in that price range between this and that. And it cannot be in this specific category because it's too saturated. You take this information, you're like okay, so it has to be between ten thousand to fifty thousand. So we'll take it between one thousand to ten thousand, or between fifty thousand to a hundred thousand. You know, we'll find something where they say stop. That's where you start. You still keep on learning everything you need to learn. Okay, so between one thousand to ten thousand is going to be a much more competitive. It's fine. We'll find a way to do it. Um, and you, you're not going to this specific category because it's too saturated. Great. So this. 3,000 people I see in front of me are not going to go there because they told them not to go there. That's why we're going to go there. And you're going to order up to 500 units. Okay, up to 500 units. Let's get, you know, more than 500 units so we can double or triple or do whatever they are doing to do it bigger, you know, just find ways to do it. Like seeing what they teach and trying to find a way to set yourself apart from that that group. And the reason, the main reason, like I remember that – One of the things that they said, if you can't get 500 units, don't go into that product because you don't want to take a big risk. But then I see these products that you have a minimum, and I kid you not, an MOQ of 25,000 units. And I understand that most people will not be able to spend the money that is necessary to create that MOQ of 25,000 products. Because that's the way the machines work. It's like it's a smaller product, but they cannot manufacture less than this quantity if you want it your way or you want it your, your own you know, product. And that was my second product that I, that I manufactured. The second product I did, my first product was a big success. I, I did a lot of you know things. I went to a different category than they recommended. And I, and I was becoming a big success. I, I was making a lot of money. I said, okay, my second product is going to break that rule. And I'm going to create a 25,000. And so I know that my competition is... They can't do that. They can't do that. And this is how thinking outside of the box. And by the way, this product jumped from making $5,000 to $20,000 to $50,000 to $100,000 a month. That was crazy. That was magic. But it also had a patent on it. Okay, that's a great story. I'm going to tell it to you in two, three minutes just because it's, it's just a part of your question, Howard, of how I think outside the box. So, I'm doing this product in the beauty category, and it's doing so much money. And there's a reason why it's making so much money because there's a patent on that product by L'Oreal, one of the biggest beauty brands. So, they send me letters, season, this is, you're doomed, you're gone. I have I have 20,000 products still selling like crazy. I just sold 5,000, I have 20,000 more. I spent 200,000 on, on creating. It's just crazy. And I'm getting this season, this is now, I can't afford stop selling these products because i spent all my money on these products and what am i going to do with all these pallets of products where am i going to take it i mean israel these are products are selling in america that was such a crazy time so i go to these lawyers these uh, patent lawyers and they all want five thousand ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars just to start some kind of a conversation and fight with L'Oreal because they're so big and i understand that i have to think outside of the box there's no way i can find fight these giants so here's what i do So I go to a, a, not to a patent lawyer because I couldn't afford one. I'm actually going to a patent technical writer, the people who are writing patents, the, the technical people that know how to take a patent and file it to the authorities. And I come to him and I say, listen, if I want to write a patent tell me what's the process I need to go through in order to to file a patent and how I need to do it so he explains everything and I'm listening and I'm listening and I'm learning it and and I understand that the patent must never be used before in order for it to be accepted and I'm like okay how much does it cost me to try to file for a patent and and use you as someone who will do the research and write that patent for me and it's much cheaper than you know fighting with them in court and he says well you know you're a young man everything that like that i can do it for a thousand dollars i'm like okay that's fine next thing i do is i call the biggest corporation in america for a, a lawyer uh, co- company and i'm uh, that works with patents and all those things and i say i don't want to hire you but i want to know how much you will charge per one hour one hour of your time how much will it cost and he says it's 500 dollars an hour i say okay it's fine um Let me be in touch with you. And I go back to the guy and I say, okay, here's the patent I want you to to write for me. And I give him the patent that L'Oreal has. I'm not giving him, I'm not saying L'Oreal, I'm not saying, I'm saying, this is the patent I want you to write for me. Go ahead and and, and can you make an application for that? And he starts his research. And of course, two, three days later, I'm getting a phone call and he says, it's impossible to write this patent. And I'm I'm asking, why? He's like, well, there's a bunch of people who actually filed for this patent before. And one of them is L'Oreal and I'm like, wait, but there are other people who try to fall for it. It's like, yeah, 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 there's a bunch of things that I discovered with, uh, with um, um, uh, what's that? One of the biggest brands in America uh, that used to have some kind of a cleaning product, uh, Procter and Gamble, I think that, that uh, had a cleaning product that used the same formula, like the one that, that L'Oreal ends up using in their cosmetics. And like, they also use it I'm like, wait, okay, so, Tell me more about it. So basically, we have a patent, but this patent was already created in a a cleaning company. It's like, yeah, so there's some some problems with that. I'm like, if we can try this patent, because L'Oreal already had a patent, but you said that there was an expired patent by Procter & Gamble. Is there a way that maybe L'Oreal patent... Also, it's not a problem. It's like, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, if you were there at the time when L'Oreal were filing the thing, you could have said, you could have complained and say, hey, this is a patent that's already existed. Let's cancel their, their patent. I'm, I'm, okay. I called the, the, the lawyer, that the L'Oreal lawyer, and I'm telling him, listen, I, I can't afford fighting with you in court, but I'm asking you to give me a license to sell this product even though you have the patent, because I know that there's some problems with that and, and all that stuff. And he's like, okay, let me check it out and uh, I'll get back to you. It gets back to me after a couple of days and he sends me an email. I still have that email. I spoke to the people that owns the patent and they refuse to give you a license. You have to remove all the products. I'm like, what is going on? That, that doesn't make sense. So I call back the, the my, my Israeli guy and I tell him, okay, we, I think we're going to have to file this um, this uh, patent uh, uh, to tell the to tell the the u s. patents that we want to file it because not to file it, but to cancel their patent from fifteen years ago because it was you know interfering with other patents and all that stuff. So it's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They refused. And, they, and I actually checked, double checked. And I said, are you sure, guys, that you don't want to give me license? Because I, I might do something about it. And they're like, no. They thought that I'm a tiny little person trying try to sell. And they said, no. And I said, okay, do it. And I paid him $1,000. And he went and he did all the research. He created an entire file of, as if you're, you you want to file a new, a new patent and you see all these rejections. And then I take this entire file and I, and I call this lawyer in New York and I say, you remember, you told me you're gonna charge $500 per hour and I couldn't afford more than that. I didn't want to start spending 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 like they wanted just to start this fight. And he said, yeah, 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 I, I, I can give you an, an, uh, a one hour consultation for $500. I said, I don't want a consultation. I want to pay you $500 and I want to send you a, a report, 70 pages report of why uh, L'Oreal needs to get their patent completely removed. And I want you to call the lawyer that, you know, that was sending me this letter and just read from a script that I'm going to write to you, literally. So well, I'm not going to read from you. So I'm like, just try, you know, don't read from my script, but get the idea. And I'm sending him this text and I'm saying this. I have this customer. This is what I re- literally wrote to him. I have this customer in Israel, and he got this season, this season letter from you, and he asked you for a license to do that and to pay you royalties for the product, 5% royalties, you know. It's better for him than, you know, spending those thousands of dollars. But he said that you refused, and he came to me, and he and he just offered me to start this uh, this, uh Court fight with you, and he said that he's going to cancel your patent. And I see his report, and I think that he's got a case. And guys, just going on court and spending those thousands of thousands of dollars, I don't think it's worth it for you because of that five percent royalties that you can make from this guy. The money that you're going to make or the money that you're going to lose from this fight, but and he's got a he's got a a, he's got a point here, and I'm just telling it to you. I I didn't tell him that I'm going to call you. I'm just telling it to you as a lawyer to lawyer. I'm literally writing this to him. And he says, and he gets it, and he's laughing, and he's saying, Okay, let me do that. And um, and then paying him $500 for that one hour call. After one hour, I'm getting a call from him and I said, Listen, I spoke to the lawyer, and tomorrow you're going to get a license agreement um, from uh, L'Oreal. And this is what happened. So, literally, this is truly thinking outside of the box. Instead of going to court and fighting for $5,000, they literally said a big no. You have to remove all your products. I put a leverage on top of them. I went, instead of a lawyer, I went to a, a technical person that does his work. He did the research, he created a, a file as if we, we wanna file a new report. We realized it's gonna be impossible. L'Oreal sees this file, understands that, hey, we don't wanna spend 10, $20,000 on lawyer fees when we can actually make the same money from royalties from this company selling this product. And I end up with a license to sell this product. That's it. Oh. That's pretty
1: good. That shows it's a great story, Ehud. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, yeah. were you going to say something?
0: I'm just like, this is uh, impressive. Impressive.
1: Yeah, very good. Um, you know, there's a lot of impressive things that you said and uh, brings up a ton of questions for me. But the first one, and it's kind of a basic one, I have a lot of followers in the book niche, and most of them are Kindle, Kindle Direct publishers, and things of that nature. Um, Knowing that you sold books, I'm not sure if you sent them into Amazon, sold them FBA, and or used the Kindle platform, but have you noticed a big difference in the algorithms with books versus FBA? Because a thing that I see among book marketers is that a lot of them aren't doing the typical things that FBA marketers are doing, which as we know, FBA marketers are not entirely different scale of, they just excel at everything. They've just gotten so good because a lot of them attend Howie's events. So they're naturally much smarter. But have you noticed any differences in the algorithm of ranking books versus ranking physical products?
2: So um, I have to admit that uh, after making a few thousand dollars selling these books on Kindle and uh, and as physical books. And also uh, I made audible versions of them, you know, like uh, uh, audio books. Making a few thousand dollars compared to making a few hundred thousand dollars, you can imagine, Liz, that very fast, I stopped worrying about the book sales, <laughs> and I was concentrating more on the actual FBA physical. Uh, I never shipped uh, books to FBA. I always used the print-on-demand so people could actually uh, get that book for $17, and I'm paying Amazon 2 $3 to print it on demand and ship it to the person. I can tell you this. When I'm looking at uh, 10 years ago, when I started selling these books, I was making a lot of money, and then sales start dropping down a little bit. And, uh, and then I started studying that uh, ASM, that Amazing Selling Machine uh, course, and they were giving us all these tools uh, using all these super URLs, which was like a magic for us back then. Nothing, you know, it's barely working these days and Amazon, you know, became much, much smarter. But back at the time, I was able to revive my book sales just using these things. So back at the time, it worked. I was able to take some keywords and leverage them to uh, actually push my books up um, up the ranking. And nobody else was doing it back at the time. And I don't know if anybody's doing it today because it doesn't make a lot of financial sense because books are not making as much money as physical products. Uh, and that's why I'm not going to tell you I know, I don't know. This was my experience many years ago. And now I just, uh, I don't care as much about it because it's not generating, it's just like 1%, 2% of, in, in a big ocean, you know, so I don't concentrate on that smile, so.
1: Right, okay, great answer. And going back to another thing you mentioned, you talk a lot about Amazon Live and you being one of the biggest producers on Amazon Live. And let me ask you this question. For the people watching that have brands, and obviously there's a lot of brands on Amazon Live, I just kind of glanced at it as you were speaking. Is it worthwhile for them to, first of all, get on Amazon Live, and if it is worthwhile, is it difficult for them to get on Amazon Live? Is it like an invite only, or is there a way that they can apply to actually be put on Amazon Live?
2: So Amazon Live is a, is a service that Amazon are offering all the uh, brands which are brand registered. So if you are a brand registered uh, brand on Amazon, you might uh, have a chance to do that. There's a few uh, great things about Amazon Live. There's a few not so great things about Amazon Live. Well. Um, for me as someone who sees so much data and so much data points because we work with a bunch of uh, influencers on Amazon Live and our own channel, which is running uh, uh, almost uh, from morning till night, nonstop, uh, is the following. First things first, Amazon Live is the way to go. Live streaming, and that's something that probably Howard can tell you, in China is one of the biggest, biggest uh, uh, sales points uh, in the e-commerce Industry And I'm reading articles from Taobao, all the Alibaba group, all these like about how how the live streaming uh, is uh, attributed to, I don't know, sometimes 10 percent of the entire sales of that month, sometimes 30 percent in specific sales day uh, sales days. And that's um, something that I do have. um, I did have it actually printed out. I don't even know if I have it here. I would have read it. But but just by typing Amazon, uh, not Amazon, I'm sorry, um, live streams, China, live stream e-commerce, you'll read a lot of articles from Forbes, from CNBC, from the biggest newspapers and magazines that are telling how live streaming is going to take over the world and why. And the reason is very simple. All this pandemic changed the way people buy products. We we no longer go to the store and, uh, and holding the product and taking a look at it and feeling it and, and smelling it if it's a beauty product or whatever. We are actually relying on the internet to provide that product to us now let's think about our mind for a second we're so used to doing something and all of a sudden there's an abrupt like a a change in our perception we're no longer going to a store to buy a product we're buying it online and now imagine just for a second that you have someone in that store and you call them and you say hey buddy can you take a look at that product i heard about can you pick it up for me for a second and he picks it up in the store and like yeah, yeah look at it and and ask him uh let's do a live let's do a, a you know uh whatever you use uh facetime you know show me the product okay is it made of metal what does it smell like uh does it look rigid does it is it strong what what do you think and the guy in the store is like yeah yeah, that, that looks like a good product you know it's like it's metal it's like this uh, brass style it has this plastic this button um, it looks pretty good. Uh, this product doesn't look as good. This uh, cover here, it's a little bit too flimsy. It doesn't, it's cheap. I I, I, all of a sudden, something changes. Now, imagine that body is not really your body, but is someone in Amazon doing an Amazon Live, holding that product in his studio and is ex- and accepting those live chats. People can actually talk to him and say, hey, why is that product better than this other product? Or what's your experience? You know what, it's like, it's changing so many things. It gives so much more credibility to the product. Now, that's a great thing, right? It's an amazing thing, but what's not so good about it is that if I take a look and I see a Sony video or let's say a Samsung video and, and, and this Samsung representative is sitting there talking about the product, I'm like, so tell me about this product, is it good? Of course it's gonna say it's good. So wait, so we need the third party authority to say that it's good and not Samsung themselves because of course Samsung are going to say their product is the best but we already know that that's what they're going to say as buyers as buyers our mind is programmed to ignore words like the best the greatest the prettiest we're ignoring this unless it's coming from an authority an authority is a third party thing person entity that we rely on and and when they say hey We check that product and we can tell you that's a really good product. We start listening to what they said because we know everybody promises they're the best. I call it slogans because it's a slogan. Every single person in the world, you know, I used to write hundreds of hundreds of Amazon listings and I could see the difference between product listings that I was writing and my team was writing to product listings before we were writing them. We would see the conversion rate. And the reason why we saw those huge changes is because we understood how the human mind works. The human mind will not believe you if you say that is a great product. You know why? Because watch this amazing thing, Liz, right now. Watch this. This is an amazing product. This is an amazing product. This is an amazing product. Liz, if I can take that word, I'm going to give you a a, a golden nugget right now. One of my biggest secrets that I teach my team of creative uh, uh, writers If you can take what you just wrote and attach it to every single product you see on the table, that's a slogan. Delete it immediately, immediately. If you write something which is a true benefit for someone buying this product, use it. If I can say about this product that The liquid inside will stay hot for hours, but I cannot say that on this iPhone cover or on this supplement. I cannot. Then I know that I have some kind of a true benefit that can really make an impact on the person's buying it. Of course, I can go on and on and on with everything that has to do with marketing, but this understanding of the way the human mind works really helps you understand why you need that third-party endorsement, why you want to have Uh, So we are very, very lucky. Here's another little secret. Our channel is called Top Rated. And I remember facing them, you know, when I'm talking to them in the meeting we had, and I say, well, our company is called Top Rated. Our videos should be called, uh, by the way, we said our company is called Amazon Top Rated. Because what I did many, many years ago, before I got a a letter from Amazon that I have to shut it up, was I bought the domain name amazontoprated.com. So I owned the domain amazontaprated.com. I was very naive. I didn't think too much. I'm like, hey, that's such a strong name because if you click on Amazon top Rated in Google, the first result is the Amazon top Rated product page in Amazon, and the second result is mine, amazontaprated.com. So that was a, uh, a naive way of saying, hey, our company's name is Amazon top Rated, and they gave us this channel name. And for the first year, I kid you not, for the first year, now it's not allowed. Nobody can get that. Of course not. Uh, For the first year, our channel on Amazon Live was called Amazon Top Rated. Can you imagine that? But then after a year, we get a call and they're saying, okay, guys, um, we got a a request from up there. You have to remove the word Amazon uh, from your channel. Um, And that's when our channel changed from Amazon Top Rated to simply Top Rated. and nobody else will get it just because we were the pioneers and we're so powerful. We are the only top rated, and can you only imagine how powerful this is. So for the brands who actually have that, those videos, let's say, using our service, they're getting such a big benefit out of it because we are streaming a live show and it's called TED, and their product is featured in a live show right now that is happening on Amazon, and one of the hosts is talking about how this cover is a top rated cover for the people at home they don't really say okay that's a channel and that's like a third party no for them amazon are doing a live show right now about this specific product and it's a live and it's a top-rated product and they can say it in our carousel and it shows all these like top-rated products and you have that top-rated logo keep on spinning there on the video keeps on spinning 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 that's a very powerful mind effect on the person so you can imagine why the conversions go high and uh, go upper and, and you know increase so So I think that to have a live show, yes, that's a definite yes. To get a live show on Amazon as a brand, I would hesitate here, even though we are experimenting with a few brands, trying to stream on their behalf on their own brand uh, 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 account, we see something interesting. We see that Amazon are not letting them get the exposure that we get as an influencer channel. And in the past few months, Amazon opened up their uh, Amazon Live platform to hundreds of new influencers, which is very hard to get to them. But we are, because we're the the first ones and the pioneers, they come to us. So we get a lot of people contacting us, uh, asking for advice, asking for questions, and we see a lot of their own data. So we learn so much from the process. So, you know, Amazon are giving us as influencers such a big ability to reach Thousands of thousands of viewers on Amazon because we're able to show our videos in all these placements, in all those product pages. And those some of the products we highlight are best-selling products that are getting hundreds of thousands of views. So you can imagine the amount of views we get. We get over 1 million views every month uh, for our viewers and we sell products worth over a quarter million dollars just for our sellers. Now, they don't let us see the exact sales per, per product and we're also very limited and I'll tell you why. Because when you have that Amazon top rated video streaming on your product page, and it appears underneath your main pictures and your bullets. Bam, you see that big strip of an Amazon Live product that highlights your product. Before you even see sold together with, people who saw that also saw that, people who bought this also, but no, you see a strip with a live show, top rated spinning. I'm talking about us, I mean, other people of posts as well, but in all these products, it gives you so much authority. The, the product conversions are going through the roof. So we see that from our own clicks, people that see our product on Amazon Live platform, on other, product, on other related products that we appear on and they click on the product, we see that click. Amazon are giving us that information and they show us how many views we got, how many people unmuted our views, how many people clicked on that and also how much money we generated from people who clicked on that. So we know that, but we don't know the traffic and conversions that your product got just by going to your product organically or using PPC. So we ask our sellers, hey guys, can you send us that information so we can compare a month to a month? We wanna see what happened last month, what happened this month when we were doing the lives and we see beautiful things. So we see an increase of, you know, if it's a very bad performing product, we see an increase of like 5% in their, in their conversions. If it's a great product, we see like 20, 30, some products even show 50% growth just because of that Amazon Live and also we ask them to take a look at the PPC campaigns and in the PPC campaigns we ask them only for two two points of information the clicks and the sales that's it we don't want to know the echoes the, the impressions we don't care because what we care about is how many people reach the product by clicking the list and how many people purchased and over there we we'll see amazing growth why because during those few hours that people are buying on Amazon let's say from 9 a.m till 9 p.m those 12 hours we have our show playing on their stream, on their product for one hour. And during that hour, we show their product and we show a bunch of other products, but it doesn't matter because the people who, get, who came to that listing during that stream time and they saw that this product is featured as a top rated product on Amazon, they will not go to another product. They will not even go back to the search results. Why should they? Amazon are doing a live show right now showcasing this product. It's a must-have. It's not even a question. And that's when they purchase the product. So we see a huge uh, increase in in sales for people who actually see those Amazon live shows. So we understand from that list that Amazon live is an amazing platform that live streaming in general is taking over the world literally taking over the world. And um, uh, it it, it makes a lot of rational sense to understand why Jeff Bezos is investing hundreds of millions of dollars in this platform and everybody else are trying to do it. They see Facebook are doing it, YouTube are doing it, but they want to bring the traffic to Amazon. We don't want to have an influencers on YouTube talking about a product, how good it is. And then people have to click and they can go to a Google shop or go to that shop or to a, or to a Shopify shop. No, we want this to happen in our platform so people can literally click on a product and buy this product. So this is, this is where it's going. Now, when we understand how it's going there, now we need to really maximize the potential of this tool. And as a brand, we can either try to do it ourselves, which will generate sales. And I say to everybody, do this, but you will see that you're not getting a lot of views, unfortunately. You're getting a few hundred views per video, uh, unlike influencers or unlike us that are getting thousands or tens of thousands of views. And, and, and the reason is because Amazon wants you to pay money for that. And that's, that's really unfortunate. So they say, hey, if, if they're a brand, let us get money from their lives. So when you go to the uh, brand um, app, there's an option that's called boost this live stream. So, and that's the, the reason why they keep on not showing you to other people and keeping your reach very low because they want you to pay money, uh, which is not what happens with us influencers, which they want us to get the uh, the attention because they see that we generate so much money in sales. You know, we generate so much money for for them. So we, we make a lot of money. So we get the reach and Amazon brands need to pay money to get that reach. And that money is not worth it eventually because um, the minimum pay, the minimum pay if you have the Amazon live uh, app. And of course, I'm not even talking about having to have a you know, a, a studio with hundreds of thousands of dollars of camera, equipment, studio, audio, special microphones, lights, and it's crazy. I can't even start talking about it. We have three studios here. So I can tell you that it's always better to have someone who's a professional doing it for you. When you go and you create a new show and you have to create a thumbnail for that show. And once you create that thumbnail, you go and you're you adding the products and it's one product at a time. So you have to type in the product, search it, add it to the to the app. You have to schedule the show. You have to um, to set it up that you can either use the phone to stream live or you can connect it to a, an entire system like we have, an entire studio. And then you have the option to boost your stream. So. You're not going to do it. You know, you're know you going to do it once, twice. You see you're getting 100 views here, 100 views there. You see it's generating one seller or two sales. And you're like, OK, I want to do this. So you have to click the boost this live stream. And the minimum price for boosting a live stream is $100 for one. And it immediately shows you it's 200. You can go down to 100, but they, they started showing you like 200 recommended. Um, a waste of money for now. I mean, for now, it might it might be amazing eventually, but for now, think about these people doing a show every day. They want to do a show every day and they have to spend that hundred dollars every day. That's like what five hundred dollars for five days of streaming. And we as a studio, we are we're trying to keep it at a minimum, minimum, minimum because we're not making money from it. It's just like a service right now, because we want to grow and become like the biggest and the best for like the next few years as it explodes. So we're charging like ninety-nine bucks. to to stream every day for like a week. So so you understand that it doesn't even make sense to do it yourself if you can use a professional company like us. Um, But then again, for products who are not converting, don't even do it. Don't use us, don't use yourself. Don't do it because you are wasting time, energy. If you're using actors, cameramen, all that stuff, you're just wasting their time. Why? Because a live stream will only happen live for the duration of that live. And if your product will not know how to convert those views into sales, then you just lost money. So if you have a good converting product, and it's already converting, and you want to get more reach and get more people and make people understand that this product is the best, and not just a slogan, because you can ask the person who is live on that video and tell them, hey, can you tell me about this product if it's that and that and that? And then it, there, there you have it. So, So this is it.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna speed up and answer some uh, ask you some other questions here. Um, regarding um, what what kind of problems opportunities do you see Amazon sellers having in uh, 2021? The issues that they're gonna be facing. Uh, problems and oppor- or and opportunities.
2: So um, I, I didn't I never think about it too much. It's a great question. I mean, it's a really wonderful question. But um, I think that um, um, if I'm looking at Amazon, and I'm seeing the things that are happening. Then we know that Amazon are making it harder and harder for sellers to achieve certain goals. Uh, I think that uh, one of the things that I see a lot lately w- with my uh, with the people that I work with is a lot of, uh, has to do with the warehousing, right? How are the the, the problem with all these um, storage and warehousing and accepting, uh, 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 you know, uh, pallets and shipments, and uh, also um, the the issues of of you know delayed uh, uh, shipment acceptance for the for the warehouses and and limiting you on how many products you can ship out and all that stuff. But as much as this is like one of the biggest challenges that that we are facing right now, and it's crazy, like, it's literally crazy, someone who's selling 5000 units a month is only allowed to ship in 100 units, you know, it's just it doesn't make sense. And Amazon keep on testing all these things because you know, they have specific limited amounts of storage in their warehouses, they want to make sure what they have actually sells. But this brings us to the opportunities. So, you know, this is just one example, but let's take it not as an example, but as a metaphor for the entire Amazon platform that keeps on giving you challenges upon challenges upon challenges and challenges and challenges. It never ends. We know it literally never ends. And, and when someone wakes up in the morning with an idea, this idea that they uh, implement into the platform, it creates a domino effect on everything in Amazon. So things are rapidly changing. And I think that that's an opportunity because when we hear about a challenge that is happening, we know that a lot of people are not going to make it. A lot of people are not going to make it. And that brings us back to the mentality of, um, of an entrepreneur, not even an Amazon seller, but an entrepreneur, someone who has a vision, who wants to succeed, who looks at it as a, as a game that is a work, that is a job that you come in the morning and you're trying to, to work and, then, and, you, and, you, and everybody say, hustle, hustle. Yeah, hustle, but, but hustle not because you want to, because you have to. Hustle because of the passion that runs in your blood. This is when you can really make it a difference. This is when you can really grow and, and expand your business and, and leverage it into, into different heights because you understand that, hey, this challenge is a growing pain. It's a growing challenge. It's, it's, you know, it it means that if we will prevail, we'll be better than others. We will be the ones who are actually, you know, making it, making it happen. So this is, uh, so this is where, this is the biggest thing for us to understand that every time that something happens, which is not good for us, let's take a look at it from a different angle and say, okay, how is this actually good for us? What can we do that other people will not do? And let's get back to the example. Okay, so here's an example. We have a problem with warehousing. Amazon are limiting us from shipping stuff into where, to, to the warehouses. Hey, let's create our own warehouses. Now, not a lot of people can do that. Not of people can get a 10,000 square feet warehouse in New Jersey or in, in Las Vegas or, no, but hey, we have a mastermind, we're working with Howard. We, we know a lot of people in the mastermind. We have our in secret WeChat group chat. Let's get a few people that have the passion that can think outside of the box and say, wait. So we have, I have 10 pallets a month, a month. This guy has 12 pallets, this guy has five. Let's get five people, 10 people, 15 people in our mastermind group. And let's evaluate how much space we need for those 30, 40, 50 pallets, wait. I spend $2,000 a month on storage. I pay 1,000, I pay $500. All of us together, it's like 10, 20, $30,000 a month. We can rent our own warehouse. We can pay $5,000 a month to to a warehouse manager to be there, except uh, think outside of the box. Say, hey, I don't wanna rely on other people. I wanna do something to grow my business and be able to scale it and not be like stuck somewhere. So I'm just giving you an example. I'm not telling everybody, hey guys, go open your own warehouse, but I'm showing you a concept. I'm showing you a a a methodology of thinking differently when something happens to you. This is not a problem, it's a challenge. Let's solve that challenge.
1: Awesome. That's amazing. Amazing answer. You did. So last question I have for t- for you is obviously you have a tremendous amount of experience working with Amazon on several different of their platforms, but what three to five topics do you think you could speak about at this actual event that will wow people and really have them talking about it for the next couple
2: months? So, um, so absolutely. Um, I can talk a lot about video uh, because this is what we're doing right now. I can talk about the Amazon live, um, uh, platform or live streaming, uh, 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 uh for sure. Uh, I can talk about the mindset, which is something that is, you know, a never ending thing, a mindset of a seller. Uh, That's obvious. But, um, but I think that there's a two, I'll give two more topics, one or two more topics uh, that I can come up because I did uh, do lectures about it before and people went, uh, you know, go went crazy. Uh, And one of them is, uh, is the creative aspect of selling your product, like how to create content that actually, uh, sells to the right person. So understanding the, the psychology of selling a product online. Okay, that's, that would be a very uh, interesting uh, topic that I did before. And also understanding the one most important thing of, uh, of creating a brand. Because the, the thing that I started preaching on day one, when we were sitting just seven people and one of my friends was making $2 million a month uh, selling on Amazon. And he sold his business uh, just a few months ago uh, for a lot, a lot of money. Uh, and he told me, when he sold that business he said the only thing i kept on hearing in my head when i when i made that sale is you preaching to me i don't know it was like six seven years ago turn your store into a brand turn it into a brand and i kept on telling you no why i have this product i have that product and it's selling so good and i'm making so much money it's like a market it's like a flea market just get all these products and sell them if i would do what is told me if I would just add a brand and create some kind of a following and in a group and Facebook and an email list and newsletters, if I would do that, I would get another zero uh, in selling my, uh, my account today. So, you know, it just shows you that when you're doing something right, I, I knew that from day one and I kept on telling it to everybody and I really understand branding and how to create a brand. So that could be also a great topic. So thinking about it, we can talk about video, we can talk about live streaming, we can talk about marketing, we can talk about mindset, we can talk about, um, uh, the uh uh brand uh, or the one secret that you know will change your your product from just being a product to being a brand um and let's hear what you guys think or what you know our mastermind uh, people think and we'll we'll figure it out we'll make sure that it's going to be a uh, fascinating and i'll bring some wisdom to the table
1: awesome amazing hopefully you can do one of your magic tricks on that show i'm sure a lot of people would absolutely <laughs> let's love do that
2: Let's yeah. do
1: that. <laughs> Amazing. So, Howie, any last words on your end for Ehud before we say goodbye here and give people more information on how they can find out more about PPE
0: 3.0? Yeah, uh, Ehud has a lot more stuff. He have, me and him talk a lot. So, uh, there's a lot of stuff underneath his sleeves that he hasn't talked about. And I will probably talk, we'll probably talk about that uh, on our uh, mastermind. But also, another thing is that um, we actually confirmed with our our, uh, one of our uh, speakers, we're going to have a nine-figure seller coming on uh, for PPE 3.0, which is, uh, I think, $150 million, right, Liz?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say. I mean, as you guys know, Howie's a man A few words until you get him with his best friend, Don Julio. So remember that when you're live, bring a bottle Don Julio, get some shots out, and you will see the Hurricane Howie come out. That's what I like to call him. Is, uh, he's pretty wild. And the secrets start to roll out. Hopefully, I know how he loves to bring it. I'll make sure he has some Don Julio for PPE 3.0, which is coming up in the middle of February. Now, Howie, we do have those dates. I, I believe the dates confirm for PPE 3.0. Let me just double check. I don't want to give anybody wrong dates, but I believe it's the 15th and 16th of February. There's no way to rock President's right. Day in the USA like a PPE 3.0, which I am fired up about. And we've got a ton of tremendous sellers, including a nine-figure seller per year, which, again, we keep bringing the heat. And these guys are delivering. At the last event, PPE 2.0, we had Patrick, which was a tremendous. He gave out a ton of great information. And the one before that, we had another seller. I, I, there's just been so many Travis, sellers, Howie. Travis. Travis. It was Travis, of course, the Travis to killing it, Killian, just absolutely killed it. He crushed his speech. And this time's gonna be no different. As you heard, Ehud has a lot to share, particularly about Amazon Live. And I know a lot of you will probably be wanting to learn more about that since it's innovative. He's been a pioneer and he's been probably the number one streamer on Amazon, so how exciting is that? Now, to get more information about Amazon, Howie's Amazon PPE 3.0 event, head on over. I've got the URL here. We know that I always butcher it, so I've got it written down. It's howardtie.com forward slash PPE, the number three, to find out more information about that event. Now, remember, we do have early bird pricing going on right now, which means you get 50% off, so you pay the absolute same price that previous Mastermind attendees have paid in the past, and Like I said, now is the time to sign up as you will not only listen to a nine-figure seller, but you'll also listen to several talented people just like Ehud, several more which will be featured in upcoming professors podcasts. So again, I'm super fired up about that. Go to Howardtie.com forward slash PPE, the number three. And other than that, thank you so much, Ehud, for joining us. Thank you, Howie, as usual, for hosting this I look forward to getting more words out of Howie, even if I have to personally send him a bottle of Don Julio out there and to get the real Hurricane Howie and the secrets flowing out, just like we love him to give us. So, guys, it was tremendous. I thank you so much for the time. Again, howardtie.com forward slash PPE, the number three, and we'll see you on the next interview.
2: See you soon, guys. Thank you so see much. You guys, guys.
1: Welcome to The Professor's Podcast,
0: where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve the reach and bottom line of your business in the current virtual and economic landscape. Your host, Howard Tai, generates over $5 billion for his clients annually using innovative tactics both on and off Amazon.